a franchise record tying five power play goals for the Minnesota Wilds, nearly blowing what would have been a disastrous loss and stopping Sam Bennett from scoring in a ninth straight game. This game had it all flurry and doer injured a lot to discuss. Let's get things rolling for tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Minnesota on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Minnesota Wild pick up a 6-4 to four win in one of the weirdest games you'll see. Uh, and tonight's Locked on Wild postcast is officially in session. Thank you, as always, for joining after each and every game. Seth Topal here with you, and the regular cast is rolling in. It's 5 o'clock. No, it's 9 o'clock. I was going to try to do the uh, Piano Man spoof, but uh, we're rolling in here after a 6-4 to four Minnesota Wild win that saw a lot of uh, just everything you can pretty much ask for in a hockey game. Nearly one of the more frustrating meltdowns of the season. Marc-Andre Fleury hurt, Connor Dewar hurt. But let's start with the power play in this one as the Minnesota Wilds five of six on the power play in this game. They actually bumped their power play percentage three percentage points with a five per six, five, four, six performance going from 18 ish to up over 21. So that was good. And Brock Faber was a huge part of that. Um, God bless new Lou nanny who was in the booth for this game. And, um, I, I just love the fact that at multiple points during this game, he was calling out the fact that different wild players were holding on to the puck far too long. And he's just saying like, you gotta shoot it. You gotta shoot it. He's a hundred percent right. Because honestly, the wilds could probably have had a couple. They, they probably could have gone a full six for six. But hey, five for six is is good. And this is a power play that has, by and large, just been incredibly inconsistent so far this season. But on the other side of the coin, too, the Wilds just were not able to do really anything in this game in five on five. And this is something that we have seen from uh, last year. We, we've seen this over the last couple of years where the, the five on five offense just kind of goes ice cold and you're reliant on the power play. But um, a, a lot of good performances in this game. You had Kirill Kaprizov with the two power play goals. Uh, Ryan Hartman, I'll, I'll talk about him in a little bit. From a penalty kill perspective, Ryan Hartman gets some props here in this one tonight with two goals. He stepped in when Connor Dewar got hurt on the penalty kill and played for uh, the first time on that unit under John Hines. Uh, and the penalty kill goes a perfect five for five. So that stuff is all good. Brock Faber just continues to be a stud. Um, like you, you can never talk enough about the things that Brock Faber does. And Faber had a weird game because... 
he officially gets a minus two on the night, but look at how those goals were scored by the Florida Panthers. And so even though you look on the outward level and he's a minus two, I'd still thought he had a, uh, a really good game, but we, we take a step back because a, a, a couple different reasons. Number one, after we were told that Damon Hunt played a very good game and that he is going to get additional opportunities, Damon Hunt ends up getting scratched. You put Alex Goligoski out there again, and uh, shocker, you get exactly what we've seen all season from uh, from Goligoski in that spot. Uh, Philip Gustafson, up until the last few minutes of that game, not great. And that is now his last few appearances that have been very subpar for Gustafson, who I continue to think uh, is still hurt. I, I'm of the belief that Philip Gustafson is still injured and is just trying to gut through it at this point. So, hey, props to Gustafson for trying to, but it's pretty clear that he's not 100% at this point in the season. And you just... The third period, you, you're just trying to give that game away. I feel like a, a nagging parent talking about how we continue to see these stretches of play in which the Wild just look completely unsure of themselves. And you, like, I was, I'll put my hand up. I fully expected that the Panthers were going to score the tying goal down the stretch just because I've seen that movie a thousand times. And you take your foot off the gas. You just kind of let Florida do everything that they want. But you get a win that then after the game. The players were talking about how much they they needed that one. Well, yeah, because if you're going to make the postseason, you got to have every win that you can. And let's not lose sight of the fact, too, that the Wilds are playing the second night of a back to back. That is a very tricky. Um, that is a very tricky back to back for any team to have to contend with. So, it was good to see the special teams improvements tonight because those units have been unwatchable for large stretches of time. Uh, and so, to see those special teams improvements tonight was great. But yeah, let's let's get to. I, I see the comments coming in already, and uh, let's get to kind of the the a topic. Um, Mark Andre Fleury left this game, and from what I can gather, it was on that hit at the beginning of the game. So, if, if for those that saw it, and maybe those that that didn't, Fleury was trying to play a puck behind the net. And he ends up getting hit by uh, one of the Florida Panthers players. Um, that was uh, Will Lockwood. He ended up getting hit by Will Lockwood. Kind of took a shoulder up high. And Fleury actually went down on the side of the net. And you saw Zach Bogosian, like, bear hug Lockwood to try to immediately get back at him, as he should. But then uh, evidently from what John Hines said after the game, Flurry said that he was fine. 
And then later on in that game, in the second period, he went over to the bench and he said, I can't do it. So that is, that's concerning because one of the pieces that I was going to add to the greater good here over the next few weeks is trying to get Flurry on track and get him like seven or eight starts in a row that are really, really good. And then sending him to a uh, sending him to a contender, trying to trying to get him to the New Jersey Devils for some sort of a draft pick at the trade deadline. That was going to be part of the greater good here tonight. But now we got to wait and see. Hines didn't. It, it was interesting because when he was asked about an update, he said he didn't have one for either Flurry or Connor Dewar. Who, if you if you missed the Dewar hit, he uh, he came down pretty hard and did not come back into the game after that. Uh, so Dewar is another one that we have to keep an eye on as well. But Hines had no update on either guy, although when asked if there were going to need to be call-ups made before Sunday's game, he didn't seem too worried about that. So maybe they're okay, but if if Flurry isn't able to go, you 100% have to make a call-up for Sunday to back up Gus. And so will we see Jesper again? Will we see uh, Zane McIntyre? We'll see. Um, It it was, again, it's a game that if you're going to continue to push for the postseason, you have to have. But you just, can we just have a game that just does not completely fall off the rails? Um, Evidently not. But that's fine because I feel like chaos is more entertaining. And so you you had a ton of entertaining things happen in this game. And uh, for the Wild, for their postseason chances, they get the two points that they needed for the greater good. Um, Kaprizov, Faber, power play penalty kill, all uh, all looking good. Here uh, in this one tonight, but enough for me, enough of my two cents on what we saw in this game. I, of course, want to turn it over to the audience. Denny has the comment section lined up and ready to rock. So let's get to it. We will take a look at your comments on tonight's six to four win for the Minnesota Wilds. That is on the way as we continue tonight's Locked on Wild postcast after this. Tonight's Locked on Wild postcast is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Folks, on the employee side of things for Indeed, one of my favorite parts about Indeed is that it will take my qualifications and scan through them. If I'm looking for a particular job, it will let me know if I need to be proficient in particular skills that might match me up better when looking for openings. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on Locked on Wild. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tonight's Locked on Wild postcast is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are in full swing, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you took the over on tonight's game between the Wild and the Panthers, there's your easy $5 money line bet. You can then take some of those bonus bets and head to the same game parlays. For instance, on Sunday's game against the Hurricanes, you might take the second period over between the Wild and the Hurricanes. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of uh, trying to ride the chaos with some of those uh, in-game parlays. You can also find the best bets in the Explore tab, and you can put together an unbeatable parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way to find the most popular parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Minnesota Wild win tonight by a score of 6-4 as they beat the Florida Panthers and for the Wild, two points that they desperately need. Although, from my greedy perspective, Tankathon standings, Hey, the Minnesota Wild are still one point behind the Buffalo Sabres. They're still in sixth place in the uh, Tankathon standings. Buffalo Sabres are uh, six and four in their last 10. The Minnesota Wild, three, six, and one. So nothing lost in that perspective. But uh, let's go to the comments. Quadrum joining us to start things off here tonight. What is happening? Awesome game, at least up until the third, where we just started giving away pucks and goals. Felt like every single Panther goal was from a failed clear and a giveaway. And this is this is part of the problem. Quadrum nails it in that it seems like, you know, in the, the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example. And in tonight's game, you get the um you get those turnovers on the wall in which the other team is able to basically like, you've got everybody so spread out when they're, when you're trying to battle for the puck on the wall that then you get a lightning player, for example, that's able to just skate up right in front of the net. Nikita Kucherov had one of those yesterday, able to just skate up right to the front of the net unchecked and get easy shots on net. And this is something that continues to be a problem with this team is just the the lackadaisical play with the puck. It's it's frankly nauseating at points. And so the Wilds, you know, they they were able to, considering the fact that they played last night, as Quadrum also notes, um, they were able to overcome and kind of gain some of their poise down the stretch. But they really, really did try to throw that one in the microwave and uh, bring it out to the Panthers on a silver platter. But on this night, um, it was just not meant to be a um, epic three-goal lead disaster meltdown. Just a 
gave up two goals and uh, had everybody biting their nails uh, down the stretch. Trav joining us tonight. He um, great callback to last night for those that uh, that missed it. And I am just kind of keeping my eyes out to see if we get those. Um, see if we get those same comments from last night. Uh, I have the ban button ready if needed. Amanda joining us tonight. That felt like a greater good win. Nothing that will keep us in the running, but keep the faith that we are good, but just need a couple key pieces back into the mix. And that's why I kind of noted, like, it is still possible for this team to not be good enough to make the playoffs, but to still get good play from Carroll. Good play from Matt Boldy. Good play from Brock Faber. Good play from Marco Rossi. Like all those key components that you're very clearly are going to be part of the core going forward. Like those guys can still play well while this team continues to to just not be good enough to get to the postseason. So the greater good stuff and then the special teams too. Like I I just get so tired of seeing 0 for 4 on the power play, 1 for 3 on the penalty kill, or 0 for 4 on the power play, 0 for 3 on the penalty kill. Like, it's nice to just have one night where you say, all right, we, and uh, Anthony LaPanta mentioned this during the broadcast. One of the few times the Minnesota Wild have ever drawn more penalties than they were called for. That's probably the first time that it's happened this season. I don't have that number in front of me. But it's probably the first time that it's happened. And so it's nice for the Wild in that instance to go up against a team that is trying to do a Minnesota Wild impression and to make them pay for it. Like that's that's the other part of this too is kudos to the Minnesota Wilds for capitalizing and not doing what they allowed the Lightning to do last night, which was to just take the game over on the power play and uh, and turn it into a laugher like if not for the couple of goals that the Panthers scored down the stretch um this this could very well have been a uh, a laugher game here um this one Jason joining us we wouldn't be us this year if we wouldn't be struggling to keep a big lead uh the Minnesota Wild are an equal opportunity meltdown this season whether it be multi-goal leads Losing last night for the third time in regulation in which they score first. Um, you name it, it's on the table for this season uh, for the uh, the Minnesota Wilds. So that's it was a composure check down the stretch, but uh, at least for tonight, the Minnesota Wild were able to outlast it. Dougie joining us tonight, Faber with a very nice game. He's going to be a real beast and hot take here. It's not a hot take. I am still of the belief, even considering the caliber of player that Kevin Fiala is that Faber still makes this a win trade for the Minnesota wilds, even without taking into account a second of Liam Ugren's career. I I think Faber is that good. And I think, He's going to allow, now it's going to be tricky now with uh, the surgeries that Jared Spurgeon's having in the offseason, 
I think it's going to allow the Wilds to pass the baton from Spurgeon to Faber at some point here over the next couple of seasons and not have to worry about trying to figure out how to fill that void. So I I think Faber and the other part of this too is Faber defensively is already really, really good. I think he has the opportunity to be better than Spurgeon has ever been from an offensive standpoint because he is so receptive to things. He's so coachable and receptive to teaching and is a quick study. Like that was one of the big stories at the beginning of the season with Spurgeon hurt, with Goligoski hurt. When we talked about Brock Faber stepping in and running the top power play is that he really had never done it before, but you see how quickly he's taken to it because he just has such good instincts as a skater, as a puck handler and the way he moves up at the top of that unit to keep plays alive and to just kind of set things up. He's a natural at it. So I have no doubts that Faber will be able to do all of the things that Jared Spurgeon has done throughout his career. And so the fact that we found a replacement without really having to do a ton of, of digging is huge. And then if Liam Ugrin turns into anything, that's a very, very good trade for the uh, the Minnesota Wilds. Todd joining us tonight and um, talking about the Brandon Duhame fight. Somebody on Twitter was keeping track or has been keeping track this season of the win-loss record in fights for Duhame. And he's like two, he's like, I think two and 13 or three and some three and something. Uh, he, he won that fight emphatically. Uh, against Lockwood tonight and obviously kind of scary as Lockwood free fell into the ice but Duhame won that fight emphatically um, in uh, in this game tonight NASCAR Kelly joining us here this evening that game was indeed bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S just crazy all the way all the way to the bitter end. The captain of the Lockdown Wild comment section is also here. Denny joining us tonight. It's getting to the point that the national media will be talking about Brock Faber. They better do a lot more of it than they currently are uh, because we have got a gem in uh, Brock Faber here. And another spot that Faber just seems like a logical at some point. Maybe not now. Maybe not in a season or two, but at some point down the line, Faber is going to wear a C and he just, he's just a natural, he's a leader. He's a natural leader of players. In addition to all of the other skill sets that he possesses, he's, he's the ideal other than size. He's the ideal defenseman. And the fact that he's doing all this, at 21 is frankly a lot for me to try to take in. We're going to get to see this kid do this for, because here's the other thing he's going to resign. He's going to get a large lengthy deal to do. So we're going to get to see him just be a menace. Like 
and, and the, the ceiling is truly the limit. The sky is truly the limit for what he can do. Because look at already how well he's taken to all the things that he's being asked to. Now, I know he's been on the ice for a handful more goals here over the last few games. But we got to keep in mind, too, that this is Faber's first test of a full 82-game schedule. And so going from the collegiate schedule, which is it's not even close, not having any time at the AHL level, you're going to hit a bit of a wall, especially for somebody who's being asked to play between 25 and 30 minutes a night. And so I'm not concerned that he has been on the ice for a few more goals over the last few games than he did at the beginning of the season because the Wild are asking everything of him. And is as he continues to blossom, bloom, um, he's just going to continue to be better and uh, and better. So that was great to see. That continues to be great to say he's near the top of the list. He's first. Um, he's first in the NHL in rookie assists, and. I mean, you've got two guys in Rossi and Faber that should absolutely be in the Calder Trophy conversation. They should probably both be finalists in addition to Connor Bedard. Bedard going to be out for a while with the uh, broken John. By the way, just side note there, I have never experienced that type of thing. But just hearing the uh, Chicago coaches, hearing Luke Richardson talk about the fact that it's going to be a while before Bedard starts taking slap shots because he can't clench his jaw. (sighs) No, thank you. And that and not being able to eat solid food, that would just that would be miserable for me. So I um I hugely want to avoid that sort of thing. As Jason points out, some Ryan Hartman love in the comments here. Hartman was all over the ice tonight. As I mentioned, they put Hartman on the penalty kill after Dewar was hurt. Hartman had not played on that unit since John Hines took over. That was one of the things that we heard in some of the exploratory stories of Hines when he started was that he wanted to talk to Freddie Goudreau in particular and Ryan Hartman about the fact that they would not be on the kill. Now, I don't know how long Dewar is going to be out. I would imagine we'll find out more about that come tomorrow. My guess is that between the two, well, it's hard to say. I'm, I'm not even going to speculate on that because both of them did not return to the game. So obviously it wasn't nothing. But the fact that Hartman was able to kind of help stabilize that penalty kill is big. The fact that he scored on the power play was big. And the fact that he had the uh, the empty netter bounce off the boards was also a, uh, a nifty one for the Wilds here. And uh, Hoptics also noting the fact that we don't have to play against Hartman on a different team for the next four years alone makes his contract worth it. He is... He's a Jewel Erickson Eck type. He loves to he loves to live in the headspace of the opponents. He loves to get under people's skin. The Wild have a ton of those guys. Jewel Erickson Eck for one. 
Ryan Hartman for the other. And yes, it's frustrating that sometimes he takes far too many penalties. He can go into kind of ruts like that. But let's take a look at the fact, too, that Hartman this season is still amongst the team leaders in goals. He has one fewer goal than Kirill Kaprizov this season. And so he's I think he's one goal away from last year's total. It's still not 35. And I think we can all agree that everything that happened in that goal Palooza season was mostly an aberration, but he can still be a, he can still be a 20 to 25 goal guy. And there's for a team that, that struggles to score at times, there's value there. So this was a, this was a good Hartman game to, uh, to say the least in, um, in this one. So, just continuing to peruse the comment section, which just continues to uh, feature some A plus comments. I-, I like Trav's point here. I hate that power play points don't count towards plus minus, but PK points do. It that's frankly, there is so much in the statistical category that just makes no sense, um, and that is certainly one of them. Is that you can. I just, I don't get it. I don't get how half of this stuff works. And so until the NHL gets that figured out, until the NHL actually does something about Aaron Ekblad's hit on Marcus Johansson, they continue to be a uh, mostly unserious league. Hoptics, will the Swedish meat vol get a chance at redemption soon? I, I am fascinated to see how this plays out because if it is a um if it is like a an upper body like a concussion or some sort of a thing i would imagine that it probably ends up being zane mcintyre that gets called up because if that's the case if it's going to be day-to-day as opposed to week to week if it's a day-to-day injury you just go to gustafson and you have McIntyre be the backup. If it's week to week, then we will probably see Volstead back up here um, to uh, to hop in. Because again, let's keep in mind that Gustafson is probably not a hundred percent himself. Although I do want to give Gustafson credit at the end. Like I, I know I'm being picky on the fact that he gave up three goals in relief tonight. But I do want to give credit to Gustafson at the end because he made some extremely difficult saves to keep the Panthers from tying that game down the stretch. And so I can be critical, but also there needs to be some appreciation for those tough types of saves down the stretch. And so it it could be that those key saves at the end of the game can act as kind of a springboard to get him back on track that's the hope uh we we won't know until we see what happens in sunday's game um against the uh against the hurricanes jason speaking the uh the truth that i think a lot of us were feeling i was totally prepared for overtime (laughs) honestly i was too um it's i was just expecting that they were going to um I was just expecting that Florida was going to tie it there at the end. 
Bob hopping in, but then um, looks like Bob has uh, gotten the crud that seems to be going around. So uh, rest up, Bob. We'll uh, we'll hold the fort down for you here uh, through the rest of the nights. Um, thankfully, we didn't have to worry about Stump Merrill in this one, but uh, how many goals did Golacosti cost? Okay. Uh, Alex Goligoski was even on the night. Uh, honestly, that is a surprise to me. I, I guess, I guess good. But then again, he played 11 minutes. And so again, folks, I get to this, I get to this same level of thought process. Why, why are you comfortable giving Damon Hunt 15 minutes a night and second power play unit time? But then you put Alex Goligoski into the game and you have to hide him. You have to you can only play him 10 to 11 minutes a night. And let's talk about the other thing too is I think we're starting to see Dakota Mermis hit a little bit of a wall, although I didn't think he was I thought he was mostly yikes last night. Didn't um he I thought was better tonight, but it might be that he is kind of starting to hit a little bit of a wall. Why, why do we just, why is it one game on 10 games off for, uh, for Damon hunts? That's, that's really all I'm all I'm asking. Why does it have to be one game on 10 games off? Captain Denny Kaprizov has to be Kaprizov and score the goals there. You know, there's been, there's been a lot made about the fact I saw this on Twitter today that Kaprizov's assist numbers are down. And yeah, assists are great, but guess what? Nobody has ever, you have to score the goals in order to be able to get the assists. And so I would much rather just see him continue to be, Lou Nanny hit this right on the head during the game tonight. He said there are points in which Kaprizov is still not selfish enough. It's look, he's a good enough player to where if he wants to be selfish and just shoot and score on his own, I'm not going to say no. I am not going to say no. We really need to try to be more selective and work the puck around the zone more. If Kaprizov says, I'm I'm going to shoot it 10 times tonight, I'm not going to pass to anybody. I'm just going to blow past people and try to score goals. Hey dude, you you do you do you. I'm not going to object in the slightest. So th this is why, again, this is why I like hearing from Lou when he's in the booth, because you don't hear that. Otherwise you, you don't hear about Kaprizov being a good enough player that he can probably just like shoot it every time he has the puck. I thought it was fascinating. Lou talking about, you know, you want to see, you know, a benchmark of like three shots, on a power play at minimum. How many times have we seen the wild not get to that number? Like it, I, I love the old school. I, I love just that point of view because since Lou, since Lou Nanny's been in hockey, the game has changed a ton. His views on what it takes to win and what it takes to be successful have not. And so I think it's super refreshing that he is able to get opportunities to um to chime in 
and I, I think that was fantastic. Uh, I hope I, I know because he was in because it was in Florida that it it lined up for him to uh, to be able to hop into the booth. But I would love if he is able to do that um, on Sunday as well. But uh, I guess I guess we'll see. Hoptics pulling it back to the Calder Trophy. If Bedard is out until March, I feel like Faber is a guaranteed lock for the Calder. Right? Well, you would hope, but again, it is a situation where. I think the NHL wants uh, Connor Bedard to win it because he was he was heralded as the next Gretzky coming in, and so it would be a real bad look for the NHL if their golden boy, and it's that's mostly tongue in cheek because Bedard is very good. Like I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but it'd be a very bad look for the NHL if their golden boy did not win the Calder Trophy after they spent an entire offseason hyping him up and anointing him as the next big thing. It just does not fit the script to have somebody from Minnesota sneak in and win that award. And so what I would love to see happen is for Faber and Rossi to be finalists because Faber is the best, I think, defense. He's the best rookie defenseman by far who also happens to be chipping in a ton of points. And Rossi is second in scoring amongst rookies, too. I would love to see them both be finalists, but unless Bedard never returns, he's going to win it. Like, And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm okay with that. If that is what the NHL wants, that's what the NHL is going to get. And so I'm not going to object to it. I would love to see Rossi or Faber win, but... It's they might as well rename it the Connor Bedard Trophy. That's I, I think that's just kind of how that is uh, is going to play out. Sloth joining us tonight. If Dewar needs a spell, I hope we call up Beckman and play him with Hartman and Felino. Could be an interesting way to spark that third line with a great shot. And here's the so here's the good thing here is that with Spurgeon out for the rest of the season, the Wild have money to be able to call players up because, you know, we, we had talked about when we did the salary cap one Oh one a while back that if the wild were to add players onto the roster, they would need to get them off the roster, like via trade. They'd need to get them off the roster by the time the, the league year is done or they accrue some penalties that go on the cap next year. Super confusing, but call-ups that's not something you have to hugely worry about because you just call you just send them back down at the end of the season so i i would love to get an opportunity and it's been a it's been a rough season for beckman for sure it's been a rough season for him because he's been injured he went through a, a stretch in which he wasn't scoring but i i think it's I, I think it's well within time to give him an opportunity to uh to see what he's got, see if he has, see what he can contribute to this team. Because how many times have we seen rookies in this season come in and play well? Uh, Faber, Rossi, uh, Damon Hunt. It it's happened plenty. So I I would be all for that to fill that doer roster spot because Beckman is somebody that shoots first. 
Um, and this this team can always use those types of players. I do want to go back to Hoptics as well, asking about uh, what defenseman would you like to see the Wild pick up? What are some names out there? The trendy one today, and I'm actually going to do an episode about this, full episode. I just got to be honest, um, had another just long marathon day at work today. I was planning on trying to um, get an episode done before the game. That plan got derailed. I laid on the couch for about two minutes and I just was out. So going to do an episode on this because guess who is the most trendy name for the Minnesota Wilds at defenseman? Matt Dumba. Uh, no, I'm I'm I am okay. I'm okay with this team simply giving Damon Hunt a requisite opportunity to play. I get trying to fill a spot. But again, like, let's just be, let's just be fully honest about where this team is at. I don't think a top four defenseman, is it really going to be something that turns you from this team is just a, is a completely incapable of getting out of their own way? Is it going to transform you into somebody that can go toe-to-toe against Winnipeg or Colorado or Dallas or the Los Angeles Kings or Vegas? Much less leapfrog six teams that are in front of you for one spot. Joe Smith tweeted this today. There, It looks as though, for the most part, these top seven spots in the Western Conference playoff race are locked in. Edmonton is probably never going to lose again. And so if they hop into the top three in the Pacific, that means the Los Angeles Kings are going to be a wild card because I don't think the Los Angeles Kings are going to miss the postseason this year. So you're fighting with five other teams for one spot. Is a top four defenseman and knowing what we know about kind of the blueprint for what to acquire for this team you're not going to get somebody that can help you really offensively. You're going to get somebody that's big and can hit. Is that going to transform you into a team that is capable of vaulting five other teams and then doing something in the postseason? And I just, I, I can't sit here and lie to this audience and say, yes, I don't see it. So that's kind of my spot. But again, like I said last night, I'm not going gate, to gatekeep people. If you think that this team is a puncher's chance, all the power to you. I just don't. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with picking up another defenseman. Um, it just has been just one step forward, nine steps back. And so I, I just... I just want to get to the point where you're not like pushing aggressively and having players play through injury and trying to prop up a season in which a lot has gone wrong. And you don't really see anything definitive that would tell you, yes, this is a team. Now, let me let me put it this way. If Philip Gustafson was playing this year the way that he did last year, like Vesna caliber goalie. And he was doing that all season. 
And you can just kind of point to saying, hey, if this team could be healthy, they might be able to do something. But that is that has not been even close to what we have seen this year. It's been mostly inconsistent goaltending. It has been all these moments in which this team gets a win that they feel good about, and they immediately lose three or four in a row. I I just am of the belief, and this, again, is just me, I just am of the belief that I would just like to see the madness end. But like KG says, they have these games where they play great, so we know they're capable of. Now we need consistency. It's all we've wanted all season, and we have not gotten it. We haven't even come close to getting the uh, consistency. Dougie joining us tonight. A quiet but solid game for Rossi. One assist and two a and good two-way play. He keeps adding to his point total more than I thought he was going to have this year, but not surprised. Uh, I like my biggest thing that I enjoy most about Marco Rossi this season is that he defaults to going to the front of the net. When the team's on offense, you know, maybe he's the one pushing it into the offensive zone. But he just defaults to going right in front of the net. And if anybody on the team can just get the puck out there, maybe it's a primary shot in which a goalie is not able to make the save. And then, um, you know, he's there for the rebound and he's able to tap it in. This, like, that's, I think, the biggest difference in Rossi's game this year, in addition to the physicality, is that he just he's going to be able to survive a lot of shooting slumps because he goes to the front of the net and he cleans up the dirty areas. He's willing to do that. He's fearless out there. And that is the kind of stuff that plays even with his small frame. He is not afraid of anybody out there and he just just much like Brock Faber with all the with all the chaos going on around him, he just puts his head down and he just does the thing. Like that, that never is going to change. I don't question work ethic with Marco Rossi or Brock Faber ever. And I probably never will. Rossi gave the quote of the year earlier this season in which he said, I just come to the rink every day and I try to do my best. I would put that on a t-shirt and wear it every day. I might have to try that. Because it's just such a, it's just with everything that he went through, it's just such an uplifting message because you know he's not taking it for granted. Every day, I just come to the rink and I try to do my best. As I scroll a little bit to kind of get caught up, I do appreciate Denny pointing out to make sure that you hit the like button for tonight's episode. Uh, What that does, more likes more comments that gets the YouTube algorithm cooking. And so what that means is that this show gets seen by more people. It gets spread to a wider audience, which gets us to where we have, you know, when we started these, it was around 10 people that would hop in and would, would hang out and listen. And now we have a robust comment section. We are getting, 70, 80, 90 people that hop in and are just hanging out and and throwing things out there in the comments, getting reaction from other listeners, getting reaction from me. 
likes and comments drive the bus. And so if you could just hit the like button here for this video tonight, and uh, that will further the reach of Lockdown Wild so that we can continue to uh, to try to bring as good of coverage as we can throughout the course of the season. Just looking at uh, some of the other comments uh, as we continue here. Um, Ron joining us. Florida looked like the team playing in a back-to-back the first two periods, but the third was a different story. Uh, yeah, that was that was not that was not ideal for the uh, the Minnesota Wilds in this one. Um, Eddie, I I got to be honest, I was so confused by that entire situation. Like they they didn't explain it well on the broadcast. Um, it just it, it was like a thing that they just acknowledged after the fact, and they never went back to it. So for that one, I do not have an answer because it seems like something like that should have been a bigger talker, and it wasn't. But it, it was honestly, it's the first time I've ever seen it. Michael Russo tweeted it tonight too. He said, "I have never seen." that sort of a penalty i i (laughs) i have no idea um how that i have no idea how or why that happens Um, but thankfully the uh thankfully the panthers did not um score here this evening uh, Dougie pointing out, did anybody notice that Freddie didn't play? I didn't think so. And, and again, we we go to the um, we go to let's just get healthy. Now Freddie Goudreau's out. Now Mark Andre Fleury gets hurt. Now Connor Dewar gets hurt. And so for team, let's just get healthy and go on a run. You're not going to be healthy till the off season. And they don't know the severity of the injury for Freddie Goudreau, but again, like not to be not to be overly critical, but I I have not really seen. Whereas last year or the year before, you can say, okay, he's producing on the ice. He to me just is kind of a guy out there, and so I, you know, if he ends up going on injured reserve and missing a week or two. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how his minutes are filled. But tonight, Pat Maroon played in that spot, and Adam Raska played a total of four minutes. So the Wild clearly didn't. The Wild clearly just spread those minutes out and really didn't feel the need to have somebody in a uh, functional spot in that roster spot. Now, to be fair, there were a ton of power plays and penalty kills. Um, Matt Boldy only played 10 minutes of even strength in this one tonight. Jewel Erickson X, same story. He played 12 minutes of even strength. So a guy like Adam Raska, who's not going to be on the power play really at all, or the penalty kill, this was not an ideal scenario for him to get into the game. So it could be, we'll probably get a better idea 
of what they're going to do about Goudreau's spot if he misses time in Sunday's game, unless it turns into a power play fest um, as well. How about a little love for Johansson? He had an awesome shift against the six on five down the stretch. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was huge for, uh, for this team. And you look at what Johansson did tonight. He, uh, he played 15 minutes, 40 seconds. I don't like the fact that he didn't have a shot on goal, but again, he came up big in that final stretch. And, um, you know, if not for some of those efforts, some of those gutsy efforts for those guys down the stretch, uh, it probably would have been a tie game. And probably would have lost that in overtime. I, I don't feel bad about saying if that game would have gone to overtime, the wild would have lost because I think that's exactly what would have happened. And as Tracy notes, Johansson made that sweet soccer kick to advance the puck after losing his stick too. You, you gotta, you gotta play with what's available to you. And, um, that was a, just an instance in which, um, you just you got to do what you got to do. West Walls drives me up a wall. Um, can we get can we get Anthony Lapanta Ricola? Um, it sounds like he's fighting something, and like some of those goal calls tonight were, um, were were kind of yikes, but um. Denny is working on the Lou Nanny statue on the grounds of the XL Energy Center. Uh, if you need, if you need a hand, I would love to. Uh, I would love to assist with that. I honestly, I think that would be actually pretty sweet if they were to give Lou a statue right in front. I, I think that would be. I think that'd be sweet. He's he has had more of a stamp on hockey in this state than I think just about anybody has. Or just name it the um, the house that Lou built. Just another idea. <laughs> Dan joining us tonight. I'm amazed we scored five power play goals. I thought we were only allowed to give five up. It it that seems like how things have gone uh, throughout most of the season so far. Jeremy joining us. Good evening. The Heartlanders lost to Wheeling four to one. Looking like an all-organization bottom feeder this year. <sighs> Yikes. Not what we need. All right, so here is kind of my plan. And we're, we'll wait to see... <laughs> Mike, great callback. <laughs> Another great callback. I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't hop in here tonight. Maybe he uh, learned his lesson. Um, but yeah, we didn't. We didn't have any legit um, trade Kaprizov steam. Jeremy, can we get a Ben Gislason broadcast day? I have been meaning to get. Gislason on for an episode here recently and will do so. Ben is fantastic. Um I I enjoy getting a chance to pick his brain about the Iowa Wild and so you can count on that. 
you can count on an Iowa Wild check-in here uh, over the next uh, week or so to uh, to get us back on track in the greater good perspective. Eddie, why is the ESPN Plus feed so much better than Bally's? <laughs> That is that is like picking between three on three overtime. Are you going to go with Alex Goligoski or John Merrill as your defenseman? Um, ESPN is fascinating because we continue to get just those weird moments where the sound doesn't match up. And as somebody who's in broadcast myself, that kind of stuff is just so grating to me. Um, just having it where it's only the announcer's voice and it's not any of the background sounds or some other time it's all background sounds and no voice like that stuff drives me bonkers. Um, and the, the other part too, is that the, with the Bally's app, like if it, if it isn't buffering, it's crashing. I really do hope, and I'm looking trying to read more into this myself. I really do hope that we get to the point where games go on Amazon and that's all like that's the last we have to worry about it. I, I know that that that's the big steam is that Amazon bought a minority stake in Diamond Sports. Honestly, like there really aren't huge problems with the Amazon football broadcast. And so um I would just love to see them go to Amazon and then not have to worry about any issues, not have to worry about getting seven different streaming services just to watch a full season of hockey. Um I would uh I would love to just get this figured out so we don't have to continue to like what channel is the what streaming service is the game going to be on today. <sighs> it's frustrating. Denny, I worked with Tom Reed a couple years ago to get his statue on the XL and the U of M. Now that he's retiring from broadcasting, it's the time. Yeah, this is this is the time to do it. Lou Nanny doing his final um state tournaments this year i will just um i'll just give you all i'll just let you all in on a little secret he's on my list to try to get for a guest so we're going to try to make that happen before the state hockey tournament we're going to try to get lou on lockdown wild so um, stay tuned for that. Also stay tuned as, as we mentioned, Denny's been, uh, been driving the bus on this. Uh, we're going to get guest spots going next week. Uh, I'm just, I'm getting, trying to get a little bit of inputs from a couple of shows that do this regularly. Locked on senators is one locked on senators is the gold standard for the locked on hockey shows, they do guest spots frequently. 
So I'm just getting a little input from them and also trying to figure out the easiest way, you know, with recording schedules and everything. But we are starting that next week. So um, details come in Monday on how you can participate and uh, can have a more vocal voice even than this in uh, in Lockdown Wild. So we'll we'll stay tuned on uh, getting some Lou Nanny here. I've, I've got a fun guest list that we're going to try to uh, to get on the show finally. Um, trying to check some boxes off uh, the rest of this season. So stay tuned there. And uh, yeah, I think now that we approach another hour um, on tonight's postcast, I think I am going to wrap it for tonight. But great chat as always with everybody. Uh, appreciate everybody's inputs. Um, I am glad that we can agree that we should trade Patrice Capriz. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, we, we got to get, we got to trade that guy. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in here tonight. Make sure to hit the like button on tonight's episode and uh, make sure to hit subscribe if you have not already tell your friends i have tried to venture into the world of reddit um i i've seen that posted a couple of times here hoptics and eddie as well i've tried to venture into wild reddit um but it's it's a scary place so appreciate uh, appreciate you guys uh sharing the show in there and uh, make sure to join us after Sunday's game once again as the Minnesota Wild will be playing the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll see what happens in Sunday's game. I'm not superly optimistic for that one either because the Hurricanes are like 8-1-2 and two in their last 11 games. So that's going to be a fight as well. But I will keep an eye out for any news regarding Flurry and Dewar. And if we get an update on them tomorrow, we'll uh, we'll get an episode for you to uh, to preview Sunday's game. But beyond that, enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy playoff football here uh, tomorrow and uh, join us again on Sunday for another episode of Locked on Wild and another edition of Minnesota Wild Hockey. Again, the Minnesota Wild win tonight by score of six to four trade. Caprice. Trade. Caprice. I can't even say it. We'll see everybody. It's <laughs> it's time for me to go to bed. Adios. Another Lockdown Wild postcast in the books. You can find all sorts of Minnesota Wild content by following Lockdown Wild and subscribing on your favorite podcast platforms. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.